If he's been good to you, you ought to say something. If he's made a way out of nowhere, you ought to say something. Oh, whatever he's been to you ought to make you open up your mouth, put those hands together, and give God glory for being exactly who you needed him to be when you needed him to be it. Has God been good to anybody? Has God made a way for anybody? Has God been a healer? Has God been a friend? You know you can go down the line about what the Lord has done for you. Whatever he has been for you, you ought to say something in response to what God has been. He's been Jehovah Nisi. He's been Jehovah Rapha. He's been a friend. He's been a rock in a weary land. He's been everything that you needed and more. You ought to say something about our God. Listen, stand with me with your Bibles and journey with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to be at this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we give honor to God for our being here this morning. So good to see your smiling faces on this day that the Lord has made. So good to see First Lady Lavelle Hayes Cox and her family with us this morning in the worship. Amen. We can do better than that, Hopewell. That's one of our own. Amen. Served him many years under the late Reverend Richard Daniels and the late, and not the late Rev, not, not the late, but yeah, the late Reverend Richard Daniels and under um, Pastor Matthews years ago. And so we're so glad that they are here with us this morning uh, for worship. So good to see my father-in-law. Amen. That's Carrie and, 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 and Kenny Sugarman. Amen. That's what they call him. They call him Sugarman. Amen. So glad to see him and our aunt Evangelist Darlene Cawthon all the way from Springfield, Illinois. Here in the worship with us, amen. Saucy Harry and Randall, he better have my peppermints, amen, when we leave out of church. Amen, amen. First Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, to all of our elders and ministers, our mothers, who were just simply amazing this morning in their presentation, amen. I love it, I love it, I love it. First Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Looked out there and saw Elder Corey, he should be up here with us, amen, but that's okay. We'll let it slide this time. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And I'm reading from the New Living, New Living Translation of the Bible. And it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assistant Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very, very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone down, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not, did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message, had had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called the third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, that you call me. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, verse 10, and we'll end there. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. And so we ask and pray now, God, that as we go into your word this morning, that we will walk away different than the way that we came in, Father. Speak to us. You know what to say, when we need to say it, and how we need to say it, Father God. Help us to have eyes, uh, have our ears open and our hearts ready to be receptive to what you have to say. It's in the strong name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people say Amen. If you haven't hugged your neighbor, hug your neighbor, fist bump your neighbor, say something to him. You've been sitting next to him for 47 minutes. Amen. Say something to him. Say something to him. Hallelujah. We're in part two of our new series entitled Voices. Everybody say Voices. And we've been gleaning from the word of God and how to posture ourselves to be able to hear from God. Every now and then, if you ride past the Swim's household, you may think it's a shouting match or a fight or something going on in the house. And it's not, I promise you. You don't have to call 911. I got to make sure I keep it down because my neighbor across the street would get alarmed. He may call the popos on us and have them come to the house and try to get the kids and get us out the house. When there's nothing going on, nobody's upset, nobody's mad. I'm just trying to communicate with the girls and get their attention to come downstairs to eat, trying to get their attention to come upstairs to get in the bed. I'm trying to get their attention to come upstairs and get in the tub so they can go to bed. I'm trying to get their attention to come and bring me the remote, even though it's right there in front of me, but I'm doing what my daddy did to me. Amen. I'm having them come and get the remote, even though it is within arm's reach, but because now I have the power for to tell you to come here and get me the remote, I am going to use it. Amen. To the best of my ability. It's funny because every now and then God works through my girls to help me to be able to see myself and help me to be able to preach preach better sermons because there are moments where I'm trying to get their attention and they keep saying, oh, I can't hear you, daddy. What you say, daddy? What was that? I miss it. What did you say? And I'm trying to get them to understand. I'm trying to get them to understand that, hey, when I call your name, I need you to come swiftly to hear what I have to say and not just come swiftly to hear what I have to say. Every parent and grandparent in him and said amen right there I saw your faces not even just to come swiftly to see what I have to say but I want them to be ready to be active in what I am saying I realize that when I call their names sister Cox when I call their names I have to make sure that they are in a position to be able to hear because when I call them when I call them I can be upstairs and I'm I'm shouting through the vents I'm shouting through whatever trying to get their attention I'm using Alexa to send a message down there to get their attention and make sure that they're doing what they need to do but I realize the farther away they are from me the less they're able to hear my voice and because they're sometimes farther away from me, I have to amp up and turn it up a little bit louder. And now every, day, every now and then I have a little attitude in there when I'm calling their names because I have to repeat the same thing over and over again that I've just said two minutes ago, but you did not hear me because you're farther and farther away. The issue becomes is not that I have changed my position. It's that they have changed their position. I've stayed where I was the whole time while I'm calling the name, Brother Chris. I'm standing from the same position, the same room, the same spot, and calling their names. But because they have drifted farther and farther away from me, farther they are away 
the less likely they are to hear. Sometimes it's not that God has changed his position. It's that we have changed our position. And there's been something that has been, there have been other voices that have been in competition with the voice of God. And because the voice have been in competition with the voice of God, we have drifted away towards those other familiar voices. Which has caused us to be farther away from God. Which causes us not to be able to hear him as clearly as we would like. So the issue is never, is God speaking? Yes, we looked at last week, God is always talking. God is always speaking. The question has to become, God has not moved his position. Have I moved, have I drifted farther away from God, which makes it now harder to be able to hear what God is saying to me? Here's what we have to realize, thanks to God. Our ability to be able to rise, our ability to be able to succeed, our ability to be able to grow is linked to our ability to be able to hear what God is saying. Our ability to be able to move and to navigate through life is linked to us having an ear to be able to hear what God is saying. Our ability to be able to be successful in life, in marriage, in ministry, in parenting, in whatever it is, is linked to us being in position to be able to hear what God has to say. We look here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and Samuel lets us know that already that God has a pattern that helps us to be able to hear his voice and to know his plan. Here it is, saints of God. The voice of God is unique. The voice of God is personal, and the voice of God is consistent. Let me say it again. It's not on the screen. You've got to write this one down if you really want it. The pattern of God is that he helps us with his voice because it's unique, it's personal, and it is consistent. Samuel here, this young boy that has been prayed for by his mother, Hannah, Hannah, you all know the story about Hannah. She's had troubling, trouble uh, with conceiving a child, and God blessed her. She told the Lord, if you bless me with a child, I will give him right back to you. And here it is. God blesses her with this little boy by the name of Samuel. Samuel begins to grow up, and he sleeps, and he stays at the temple. He's the church baby. That's really what he is. Samuel is a church baby. He hangs out in the temple. He hangs out at the tabernacle. He knows all of the priests. He knows the lineages of pastors on the wall. He's been there all the time. He knows who's there. He knows Eli. He's familiar with Eli. And the Bible says that it was during this time, it was during this time, listen here, it was during this time that the voice of God was rare. Messages and visions from God were rare because in that time, the Israelites were very stubborn. They were very hard-headed, and they had made up in their minds already what they were going to do. So God was wise enough that every now and then he would drop in messages. He would use people to be able to come and to share words of judgment, words of of, 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 of words of life, words of judgment to get them on their way, to get them ready, to get them sharp and, and to do what God had called for them to do. They were hard-headed, but even though they were hard-headed, this is a good, a good place to be able to shout that God still loved them enough to send someone their way to warn them before destruction, to warn them when things were about to take a turn in their life. So there it is. Eli is there. Samuel is there. And he hears this voice. He hears this voice. He's there. He keeps thinking that it's the Lord. He keeps thinking that it's Eli calling him. 
Bible says because he does not know the voice of God yet. And Eli, the priest there, he was there managing the tabernacle, managing the temple. The Bible has a thing to say about Eli because Eli during that time, during that time uh, uh, in his reign and in his life, the Bible says that he had two sons who, who served as priests in the temple. They were next in line. They would be next in line to be able to take over and to lead. But the Bible says the issue that he had with Eli's two sons was that they were, they were trifling. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. They were bad leaders. They were ones that when people would come and bring their sacrifices to the temple to be sacrificed unto God, the Bible says that Eli's sons, that they would tell the people, give me some of it first. And they would know, well, no, I'm supposed to give the first portion. I'm supposed to give the fat portion over to God. They said, no, if you don't give it to us, we're going to punch you in your face. They threatened them with violence. They threatened them with different things. And so they will go and just do exactly what the priest said. And the commentary says, theologians say, that they asked for the raw piece, the raw piece of it, because their intentions was not to sacrifice as the God knew. knew. Their intentions is that they would take the raw pieces and they would go back out into the marketplace and they would sell it to make more off of what was meant to be given to God. And so God has a problem with Eli because God realizes, Eli, man, your sons are up there. They're up there. They're up there. The women can't even come to the temple to make sacrifices because they keep trying to flirt with all the women that come to make sacrifices. He, they keep trying to flirt with the women and give them the Snapchat name and their Instagram names. And they say, I don't want that. I just came to the temple to be able to offer sacrifices, but you keep hitting my inbox, and I keep telling you I don't want you. And the problem that God has with Eli is that Eli never takes the time to be able to check his sons. In fact, it gets to the point that God speaks to Samuel to let them know that, hey, 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 your sons will not live to be old men. Your sons have been so trifling. They've been so wrong in what they've done. Their behaviors, they have mismanaged. They have blasphemed the temple of God. They have mismanaged the tabernacle of God. So they will not live to be old men. God spoke clearly to let them know what was happening. Because here's the thing, and I'm going to throw this in there real quick because it's so good. I don't want you to miss this. Here's the thing. They thought that God and Eli would not be able to manage the temples without them, but they failed to realize that God is never without help. God always has somebody on the backside of the desert that he can raise up at any moment and any time to do what he had called for them to do. And here it is in the temple, kicking it in the temple, little boy Samuel who's watching and seeing everything before his eyes and putting himself in the, po in the posture to be able to hear God. It's unique, it's personal, and it's consistent. It's unique, it's personal, and it is consistent. Well, here it is, Pastor Swims. How does God get our attention? How does God speak to you and I? Here's the first thing, saints of God. God gets our intention, gets our attention by making us uneasy. 
Notice here in the text that every time Samuel gets up, he keeps getting up, he keeps getting up, he keeps getting up, he keeps getting up because he recognized I'm hearing something. I don't know exactly what it is, but he has an anticipation and the an expectation. I need to find out who it is that's calling me. He thinks it's Eli, but it's really God. But God is speaking through his uneasiness to get him in the position to be able to hear him. Can I tell you something, saints of God? The same way how God is speaking through Samuel in this moment of uneasiness it's the same way that God speaks to us. But again, the question has to become, Dr. Saunders, is are we in the position to hear God? The moments where we're sleepless. The moments where we're anxious, the moments where we really can't, we know something is not right, but we really can't put our finger on it. We really can't explain it. We really don't know what it is. Those are moments, okay, come on here, color purple, that God may be trying to tell us something. But instead of us allowing ourselves to be okay with the dead time and be okay with the silence, what do we do? We pull our phones out and we begin surfing Facebook. And the next thing you know, 10 minutes unturned to 20 minutes, and 20 minutes unturned to 30, and 30 unturned to hours that you've been watching TikToks. When in essence, that is a moment where God could be trying to get our attention. It's in the moments of uneasiness that we can't put our finger on it, we really can't figure out what it is, that we have to stop and ask ourselves, just like Samuel, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to get my attention concerning? God, I'm in the position. God, I'm in the posture to hear what you have to say, saints of God. We have to always be mindful that God is always trying to talk to us. God is always trying to get our attention. But are we in the posture to be able to hear him? Are we in the posture and in the position to be receptive to what God has to say? Because I promise you, TikTok going to be there when you get done. Facebook is still going to be there once you get down. That, uh, so one thing may have changed. Their location, then they woke up, they, they brush their teeth, now they're at Walmart. But when you come right back, they'll still be there. Why? Because if we want to go higher, if we want to do well, if we want to progress, it is linked to our ability to be able to hear God. And if we are constantly allowing ourselves to be bombarded with everything else, We'll miss what God is trying to say to us. We'll miss it how God is trying to get our attention. We will miss the little small clues, the little, the little trails that he leaves behind trying to get us to see, I'm trying to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I got the answers that you need. I know you've been sleepless nights. I know you've been going back and forth. I know you've been up and in and out of bed. I have the answers that you need. I'm just trying to get your attention, but I'm having to fight and compete with the other voices that are around you that's crowding me out. If you would just lend me your ear, you would be stressless. If you would just lend me your ear you can make it farther if you would just lend me your ear I would give you the strategy and the clues that you need but I have to fight and if you're not if you're like me sometimes I get tired of fighting I get tired of fighting I just want you to willfully lend your ear to hear what I have to say so could he be speaking through your uneasiness and could we miss God speaking because we're not comfortable with being bored. 
could we miss when God is speaking because we're uncomfortable with silence? Got to always have something going on. Got to always. We don't know how to sit still. Not sit, but sit still. (laughs) So that God can be able to have our attention. And that when he speaks, that we'll know that it's him. God gets our attention by making us uneasy. Here it is. About to drop a bombshell. God gets our attention not only by making us uneasy, but God gets our attention through unanswered prayers. If there's anything that's going to keep us coming back, it's when God has not answered the prayer the way that we thought he should answer it. If there's anything that's going to keep us in consistent communication with God, is when God does not do what we thought that he should have done when he should have done it. If there's anything that would keep us in talking to God randomly, you could be washing dishes, minding your own business, the good song, come on, and you singing a song, and then you have a flashback and realize, wait a minute, God, I done prayed to you about this thing, and it has not happened yet, and then we go into a full dialogue with God, trying to figure out what's going on. God will use unanswered prayers to get our attention to draw us back to him. Why? So that we're in the position to be able to hear what he is saying. Well, Pastor Swims, why and how do our prayers go unanswered? I'm so glad that you asked the question this morning because the Bible gives us a solution to it right here. Our prayers go unanswered for three reasons. The the number one reason is wrong motives. James chapter 3, I got to give you Bible on so you don't get mad at me and try to mess with my car. Here it is, James chapter 4 verse 3 says this. He says this, James says, and when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. James says, the reason why some of our prayers go unanswered It's because our motives in what we are praying for, our prayers are not for God to be able to get the glory and the honor behind it. Our prayers is for our complete 100% satisfaction and our pleasure, and it has nothing to do with God. Here it is. We have become professional with our prayers in knowing how to put a praise on it, how to put a dance on it, how to put a shot on it, and then we will end it by saying, in Jesus' name, as if it's a magic potion, and that if I say in Jesus' name, that it's going to happen and God is sitting on his throne and saying listen I desire to do that but you know what I think I'm going to hit pause on that for a second because I need to mature you to realize you can't manipulate the king of kings and the lord of lords and just because you said in my name does not mean I will do it if your motives and your hearts are in the wrong place God will not answer our prayers if our motives are wrong And if it has nothing with him getting the glory and the honor. Oh, if he could just help me, Pastor says, but Pastor Test for what? I've been helping you. I've given you everything that you need to pass the first two tests, but you did not pass the first two tests. Why? You never took the time to study. In fact, you cheated on some of them, and I would have helped you if you had asked me. So how do I get the glory out of you passing the test? 
Oh, well, Lord, if you just bless me with a spouse, you want a spouse so that you can be able to have guilt-free sex and not fathers of fornication again. How will I get the glory? Oh, y'all got mad because I said sex. Some prayers will go unanswered because we have the wrong motives behind them. And God will use that as a vehicle to be able to get our attention and to draw us into him so that he can be able to let us know that, hey, yes, I did not answer that prayer because you have the wrong motive. But if you give me access to your heart, if you let me in, I will do some transformation on the inside of you and make you ready for what you have prayed for. And I will do it before you suddenly and quickly if you lend me your heart. Some prayers go unanswered because of simple disobedience. 1 John 3, 22 says this, and when we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey him and do the things that pleases him. So what are you saying, Pastor? Our aim and our focus in our prayers should not just be limited to our satisfaction and our pleasure, but our aim and our focus in our prayer should be, God, I want to obey you. I want to obey you, not just in declaration, but I want to obey you in action. I want to obey you, not just in declaration. I want to obey you, not just in action, but God, I want to obey you with a good attitude when I'm doing it. Have there been trails of disobedience in your life? And that's the reason why some prayers have not been answered. Could it be that some prayers have not been answered because you haven't been faithful for what, for, what, for what he's already given you already? And you keep asking him for more and to do this. God, turn this. God, make the jet turn upside down and flip around for me. Have you been faithful at where you are and with what you have? Some prayers go unanswered because of wrong motives. Some prayers go unanswered because of disobedience. And here it is right here. Some prayers go unanswered because we ask outside of his will for our lives. Well, Pastor, what is his will? If we get acquainted with God's word, we will know his will, his succinct will, and precise plan for our lives. First John 5, 14 says this. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that what pleases him. Pleases him. So, Pastor, what are you saying? My prayer should be, okay, God, I know what I desire. God, I know what I want. God, I know what I probably rightfully deserve. But, God, does this please you? Does this please you, Father? Lord, you know where I want to go, God. You know how I want to excel in life, God. You know what I need, but does it please you, Father? Why? Because a prayer and a genuine heart like that says, okay, God, whatever you have planned for me, whatever you desire for me, I will take that over what I desire and want for myself because what you want for me will be way better than what I've ever thought I wanted for myself. Good God be using 
the blessing of unanswered prayers in your life right now to get your attention. Could God be using the blessing of unanswered prayers to get our attention? Or is our attitude, oh, I'm done with him. I'm over it. He didn't do what I wanted him to do when I wanted him to do it. I done prayed about it for two minutes one time. That's it. I'm done, God. You're like Asaph that took up his robe and said, you know what? I'm done. Asa said, I'm not, I'm not directing the choir no more. I'm not singing. I done seen the wicked, the wicked do well. He says, I'm done. Thank you, Everly. If anybody going to help me preach, Everly going to help me preach. And she's going to tell the good news at school on Tuesday when she's there. Or is our attitude when it comes to unanswered prayer. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Lord, here I am. Speak. I'm ready to listen. Lord, you got, you, you got my attention, Father. Here I am. Speak to me. I'm ready to receive. I'm not just ready to receive, but God, now I'm ready to obey and do what you said, how you said, and when you say it. Is he using, Elder James, the gift of unanswered prayer, Minister Lynn, to get us closer to him? Can you hear God now? Or are we so overwhelmed with having an attitude towards him that we can't hear from him. God gets our attention through unanswered prayers. God gets our attention by making us uneasy. But here's the last thing right here. Somebody's like, oh God, thank God. He, 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 he doing too much today. He gets our attention by assessing our personal assets. God knows what's important to you. And he knows if I mess with your money, it's going to be like the military. They're going to be front and center. I know if I mess with their health, I know if I mess with their kids, if I mess with their relationships, I know if they get locked out of their iPhone, I have their attention. They get blocked on social media, I got their attention now. God knows how to use what's important to us to tap us on the shoulder and say, can you hear me now? And what he may use for me is different for you, Mother Love. What he may use for Ford 
is different than Minnesota, but he knows what's important to us, and he will use it as a vehicle to get. Do you realize how much God loves us and the extent that God's go towards us to be able to get us in position to hear what he has to say? Do you realize all the work and the energy and the labor that God puts into getting our attention to give us what we need so that we can be able to excel in life? What a loving God. What a loving God that even our stubbornness won't get in the way of God. That even, that even our attitudes won't. What a loving God that he won't let nothing stand in the way of getting to us so that we're in position to be able to hear. Get this. Even if he has to hurt us. You know, sometimes when the sheep strays away, the shepherd would have to go even though he uses a staff. The staff is not just for protection. The staff is for correction. And sometimes what the shepherd will have to do, they will have to break the legs of the sheep and put the sheep over the neck of the shepherd. And the shepherd will position the sheep in such a way that the sheep will hear the heartbeat of the shepherd so that they know I'm not trying to hurt you even though your legs are broken right now. My intention is that I love you and I want you to feel the love from my heart to your ears to know that I'm only trying to get you on the route that you need to be. I'm only trying to help you elevate your life. I'm only trying to make life better for you. And all I want you to do is hear me what I'm saying. But how many times does God have to mess with your money to get your attention? How many times did you have to have so many health scares to realize God's trying to talk to you? Hasn't he done enough already for you to realize He's only trying to lovingly position me so that I can hear what he's saying. Our ability to be able to elevate, our ability to be able to go up is linked to our ability to be able to hear. The question is never if it's God is speaking. God is talking all the time. But are we drifting farther away from God? And it's hard for us to be able to hear what he's saying. Are we drifting farther away from God? And it's a challenge. even in this story is so good because when you don't know and this is it takes wisdom and maturity when I don't know what his voice sounds like God will send an Eli into my life to help me to discern and teach me how to know God's voice the Bible says that that the Bible says Samuel did not know the Lord for himself so God used Eli even though it's almost like a second chance even though you mess up with your kids God has given you a second chance with Samuel to help them to be able to know me and to know my voice I told you last week God speaks to other people who is it that God has strategically placed in your life to help you to be able to hear God 
That's why when it comes to church now, it doesn't need to be a generational divide because, listen, the older, the seasoned generation needs the new generation, and the new generation needs a seasoned generation because, as the mother said, they have walked down some roads that we have not walked down yet, and their wisdom and their insight could help us miss some pitfalls in life. Doesn't have to be a versus battle. It could be a complementation of both things together. Because Samuel needed Eli. Because Eli discerned and said, wait a minute, he keeps hearing something. Let me, let me get this house checked out. Let me check these cameras to see who he's hearing. But he realized that's God. God's talking to Eli. And he told him, Say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. He helped him to learn how to hear God's voice. He helped him by saying, hey, when you say, speak, Lord, listen, your anticipation and your attitude is whatever you say, I'm ready to get up and start going. I want to hear and act. I want to hear and respond. No delay. I want to hear and do exactly what you said to do. When you say it. What a tragedy it would be to get to the end of your life and to realize as you look back, life could have been different if I had just listened. What a travesty to get to the end of the road, as Boris the Man would say, and to realize life could have been better if I had just listened. I know his voice was unique, it was personal, it was consistent. I know that it was him, but I still plan to do my own thing. What a waste of potential to get to the end and to realize some of this stuff could have been avoided <laughs> if I had just listened to the warnings and that God would send people in my life to speak and to share, but I kept ignoring them and kept saying, well, I'm waiting on the Lord, but he was speaking, he was speaking, he was speaking, he was speaking. there's hope for you and I in this room today that since we have breath in our bodies right now it is an opportunity for us to be able to be like Samuel and say speak Lord your servant is listening who is God speaking to about decisions that you need to make. And indecisiveness is causing you to straddle the fence. Brittany and I were out the other day. We were eating, and I saw a I saw a Lincoln 
aviator. Black on black. Tended wounds. I said, help God. <laughs> I peeped in just close enough. I ain't want nothing going off. They see this bald-headed black man looking at this car. <laughs> that cracker bear. I ain't want no, I ain't want no smoke. I didn't want no trouble. <laughs> Gotta realize where you're at. So I just, I just stood there and I peeped through. I said, oh, God, look at those seats. I said, man, look at that camera. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to be cool what I got. I just, you know, I just, just got this car and had tinted windows and all that other stuff. I said, I, you know, I, I don't put all this time in and stuff. But she said, but you can't be afraid to start over. She said, if you decide to go on and get it, all you will have to do is just make sure that that vehicle had already what you desired. But you can't be afraid to start over. That's a word for somebody today, that God is speaking to you to let you know you don't have to be afraid to start over. You don't have to be afraid to start over. You don't have to be afraid to start over. Who is God speaking to this morning? Decisions that you need to make. Moves that you need to make. Some things that you may be desiring to do and you, you kind of sense the Holy Spirit saying go. Kind of sense the Holy Spirit saying stop. And some of it you don't really know if it's God or if it's anxiety. That's where you need to Eli. That's where you need a church mother to come and help you and hear what you say. That's why I miss Elder Hodges. I call the granny. Because I could share something with her. She knew how to she knew how to pick up on stuff real quick. And don't let her get the praying at the house. It was over, baby. It was over. It was done. All of Chestnut was gonna hear her crying, calling out Jesus. That's when God will send you a seasoned person that knows his voice to help you discern and say, no, no, no. That's anxiety. We're going to speak to that. And we're going to put the word on that so that you can obey God. There's someone that can say, no, 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 no. That's God telling you to pump your brakes and pause. No, that's God saying, go. Who is God speaking to? How many times does he have to tap you on your hand, so to speak, to get your attention so that you can get yourself lined up with God and his will and his way? How many unanswered prayers that you have to experience before you realize God's trying to tell you something? Your ability to rise, your ability to be able to flow, your ability to be able to elevate is linked to your ability to be able to hear God and his consistent, personal, and unique voice. Who is he speaking to? For some, you may need someone just to touch and agree with you in prayer. Our ministers and elders and prayer team are coming now. They'll pray with you. They'll pray for you. And listen, 
Don't allow the crowd and the people looking at you. Well, I'm not going to walk down there because I want everybody to see you. They're going to look this way anyway, so just walk. <laughs> but your ability to be able to rise, your ability to be able to elevate is essential to you hearing God. So if that's you, come, 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 come. If that's you, come, come, come. Come, he wants, to, he wants to speak to you. He wants to share with you. What you need, he has it. Answers, he has it. Solutions, he has it. Whatever it is, he has it. If that's you, come. Candace, come on, help us pray. That you come, 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 come. Hallelujah. Come. That you come, 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 come. Come. Come, 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 come. He's able. He has something to say to you. He has something to say to you. He has something to say to you. He's got something to say to you. He's able, he can, and he will. He's got something to say to you. He's got something to say to you. Hallelujah. He's got something to say to you. He's got something to say to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 My, my, my. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Joey.
has the victory. Oh, I wish I had some faith-filled believers on Pentecost Sunday. He already has the victory. This is just a this is just a proactive thing that is happening, but we know that Warren is healed. Come on, y'all. I know I'm at the right church. I said we know that Warren is healed and we know that he has the victory. So this is just a precautionary procedure that we're doing because we already know that Warren was healed from the very beginning. Okay, okay, I just wanna make sure I'm at the right place. Come on here, sir. We're praying. We're praying right now over him. Brother, Victor. brother Moses, can you come down here? Let me get some men from Hopewell. Come on, Brother Mike. Come on, Chris. pray over him as the star's radiation father in the name of Jesus we thank you for what you did months ago father God we thank you father God that what the tumor that they found was not cancerous Lord God so we praise you for that so we know that this is just a minor a minor process oh God that he will have to endure but God, I thank you for the faith, oh God, that you have developed within Warren. I thank you for the tenacity, oh God, that you have developed in Warren. I thank you for the strengthening of his walk with you, Father God, that you have developed in him, oh God. I thank you right now, Lord God, for how you have provided, how you have protected, Father God, how you have done, Lord God, miracle signs and wonders, Lord God, how you've been a keeper of his mind, how you have restored, oh God, how
how you have replenished, Father. So we ask, oh God, simply for what you have done before, Father, we just pray that you do it again, God. You are the God of the encore. You are the God of the repeat, Father. So we pray, God, do it again, God. Restore again, God. Heal again, God. In the name of Jesus, replenish again, God. Refresh again, God. I need everybody to say, do it again, God. Say, do it again, God. Do it again, Father, in the name of Jesus. We don't have to wait until it's over. We don't have to wait until it's done. But God, we choose, oh God, to be proactive with our praise and our faith in thanking you in advance, oh God, that it's already done, Father. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and so it is. Come on and put those hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. I said, come on and put those hands together and give God praise. I need you to say it again. Do it, God. Come on, say it again. Do it, God. He's the God of the encore. He's the God of the reap. He's the God that can do it over again and do it better than he did the first time. Say it again. Say, do it, God. Do it, God. Do it, God. And so it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need somebody to say it again. Say it again. Do it, God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Before I get ahead of myself, there may be someone here, you're not saved. You're not saved real quick. You're not saved. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, and if you're not saved, today can be your day of salvation. If you don't have a church home, doesn't matter where you are, it's Hopewell in the world. We would love for you to be our family. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, just put in the comment section, I want to be saved. Put in the comment section, I want to be saved.